are listening to the official podcast of Church at the Well in Burlington, Vermont. For more information about Church at the Well, including gathering time and location, events, and how you can financially support the podcast, please visit us online at wellchurchvt.com. All right, are we ready to look at some scripture together? Well, I've been reading the Old Testament book of Nehemiah off and on through the entirety of this pandemic. And if you don't know, Nehemiah was written during what's known as the Restoration Period. The Restoration Period, of course, was a time when the Jewish people, after being exiled in Babylon for 70 years, were, were finally allowed to return home to Jerusalem. Now, they weren't sent back all at once. They were sent back in waves. Only a certain amount of them were allowed to go back at a time to help rebuild Jerusalem, to rebuild their fallen home, their fallen city. And they had their work cut out for them. We know that when the Babylonians took their ancestors captive, 70 years previous, they destroyed the entire city of Jerusalem. Its walls were torn down, its city gates were burned, the temple, the marketplace, even their homes were completely destroyed. All that was left was pile of ruins. And those ruins laid there dormant for 70 years. So when they return, when they go back, they didn't come back to much. They were essentially rebuilding from scratch, out of the rubble. And so that's why it's called the Restoration Period, because it was a a period of, of restoring and rebuilding Jerusalem, the city of David. And the reason that I've been reading the book of Nehemiah off and on throughout the year is because in many respects, I feel like we're on the brink of our own restoration period. You know, in many ways, the COVID virus has felt like a sort of captivity, right? Not a 70-year captivity like the Jewish people in Babylon, but at times it's felt like 70 years. And as we head into this new year, we finally have a vaccine being deployed. And it's being deployed in waves, right? We, we, we know our healthcare professionals are going to get it first, and then the elderly, then those with comorbidities are, are going to get vaccinated. And that's starting to happen. But we're not all going to be vaccinated at the same time. And so much like the book of Nehemiah, there's, there's people coming back in waves, and we're starting to see light at the end of the tunnel. We're we're starting to see the possibility and the potential of rebuilding a new normal. And that being said, we also recognize that there is a whole lot of rebuilding that needs to happen in this coming year. The economic realities that we have to address are vast, right? There are millions of people unemployed that have depleted their savings, that uh, have nothing left. There's a limited job market, so there's not much they can do. Their unemployment benefits are only going to last so long, and really they're not enough to to, uh, provide 
all that they need anyway. And so there's a real struggle there. We know that there's businesses that have, that have struggled mightily and many have had to close their doors. There, there are millions of, of Americans who are facing a real housing crisis. Like they're in danger of being evicted and, and losing their homes even. And we know that the, the eviction moratorium was, was stretched out recently. Thank, thank the Lord for that. But that's only going to last for so long. And so, so there's, there's all of these economic realities. There's millions of people who are also experiencing food insecurity. I was just listening to VPR in my car today, and someone was saying how there was a mile-long line of cars to get to the food shelf in this one Vermont town. And so there is some real economic realities that, that we have to address, and there's a, a, number, a number of things that have to be rebuilt. Right Then on top of the economic rebuilding and all the economic work, there's the social in psychological work ahead. You know, this has been a traumatic year for many of us. You know, we've had loved ones get sick and, and even die from COVID and our our social behaviors were dramatically altered. You know, we're we're not designed as humans to to be in isolation at this depth and for this long. Even the introverts are like, okay, enough's enough. I want to be around people again. And on our mental health, our mental health was pushed to the brink this year, maxed out, just in need of some rejuvenation and, and repair. We also know that our students and the entire education system needs attention. There are our teachers and educators and social workers who are just exhausted and they are in desperate need of reprieve. And, and so many things are going to require a reboot of sorts. There's going to be a lot of, of restructuring and rebuilding ahead of us. So I've been reading the book of Nehemiah because it's all about rebuilding. And so we're going to look at a passage today from the book of Nehemiah. And we're going to examine how Nehemiah leaned on God and leaned on his community to, to overcome all of the challenges of the rebuilding project in Jerusalem. But before we do that, I want us to pause together for a moment. And I want to help you reflect on what needs to be rebuilt, restored, and recreated in your own life. You know, the opening verses of Nehemiah, we're told one of his friends comes back from Jerusalem to visit with Nehemiah. And in Nehemiah chapter 1 and verse 2, it says this, Han and I, one of my brothers, came to visit me with some other men who had just arrived from Judah. I asked them about the Jews who had returned there from captivity and about how things were going in Jerusalem. Verse 3, they said to me, things are not going well. And then in verse 4, Nehemiah says, when I heard this, I sat down and wept. In fact, for days I mourned, fasted, and prayed to the God of heaven. You know, one thing I notice about the introduction to this book is it's okay for us 
to, to recognize and name the wreckage and rubble in our lives, specifically caused by COVID. You know, you can't rebuild and restore something that you don't recognize as being broken. And so I want us to take a minute and I want to invite you to, to close your eyes once again. And I want you to think about what's not going well for you. What, what feels like rubble right now in your life? What are the things that need repair? I want you just to close your eyes and, and just think about that for a moment. What's not going well? When Nehemiah asked his friends, how's it going? He said, it's not going well. We are trying to hold center, but it's not going well. And I'd like to, to do what Nehemiah did. I'd like to pray for us before we open up the scriptures here and go into Nehemiah a little bit deeper. So let's pray together. Lord, for all my friends who are watching and worshiping with me this morning, Lord, there are many things that are not going well. And it's not a lack of faith to name that and, and, and recognize that. It's a lack of faith if we don't recognize that and come to you in prayer. So Lord, we are taking a moment to pause and to sit with the things that are not going well, to reflect on those things so that we can bring them to you in prayer because we believe that you are a God who hears our prayers and you are a God who answers our prayers and you're a God who strengthens us and equips us for every good work. So Lord, I pray for my friends, my brothers and sisters who are sitting in their houses right now and they're well aware of the rubble. They're well aware of the things that are not going well, of some things that need repair, of some things that need rebuilding. And I ask God that you would come beside them uh, like some a friend who's closer than a brother and sit with them and be with them this morning. As we open up the scriptures a little bit and dive into Nehemiah and look at some of his response in chapter 2 to the rebuilding that was uh, required and needed, Lord, we ask that you would impart your wisdom to us to take some of these biblical principles and apply them to our life so that we too can join in your good work of restoration and rebuilding. And we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, let's, let's jump into Nehemiah chapter 2. And I want to read a few verses here and, and just unpack a few thoughts. In Nehemiah chapter 2, we find out that Nehemiah actually goes back to Jerusalem and he's going to be a big part of the rebuilding process. And verse 11 says this, So I arrived in Jerusalem. Three days later, I slipped out during the night, taking only a few others with me. I had not told anyone about the plans God had put in my heart for Jerusalem. We took no pack animals with us except the donkey I was riding. After dark, I went out through the valley gate, past the jackal's wall, over to the dung gate to inspect the broken walls and burned gates. Verse 14, then I went to the fountain gate 
into the king's pool, but my donkey couldn't get through the rubble. So though it was still dark, I went up the Kidron Valley and instead inspecting the wall before I turned back and entered again at the valley gate. And so we're told when Nehemiah arrives to Jerusalem, he slips out at night to inspect and investigate all the wreckage. And I think there's tremendous wisdom in his action here. Because if, if we're going to rebuild and repair the wreckage, the things that are not going well, we first have to inspect the rubble, right? We have to, we have to do an inventory with God. We have to be willing to look at what's broken, what things are not going well, what is lying in ruins, what demands my attention, what do I have to work with? Can I use and, and repurpose some of these broken stones or do I need new materials? What, what is it going to cost me right, to rebuild God, where do I even start? You know, Jesus said in Luke chapter 14, verse 28, which of you, when he wants to build a tower, does not first sit down and calculate the cost? See, I think a lot of times we get stuck in the wreckage of life because we don't carve out enough space or time to slip away and do inventory with God. Now, for Nehemiah, that was done at nighttime when everyone was sleeping. He slipped out at night when everyone was sleeping and quietly walked the city inspecting the wreckage, right? You know, I've discovered that this is when God often walks with me through my rubble. It's usually at nighttime. It's usually when, you know, I can't sleep. Or I, I wake up in the middle of the night and my mind is just cluttered with anxiety. And one thing I've learned over the years is I've learned to not toss and turn for two hours when that happens. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Your, your mind is just cluttered with anxiety. You can't sleep. It's the middle of the night. And, and then that creates more anxiety because all of a sudden you start to tell yourself, oh no, now instead of seven hours of sleep, I'm only going to get five, but I got to fall asleep right now. And, and that creates more anxiety and you stay awake longer and toss and turn. And, and I've, I've learned not to do that anymore. Several years ago, I started slipping out, slipping out of my bed. I love that, that the book of Nehemiah says he slipped out at night. And so I started slipping out of bed just to do inventory with God. So when I'm feeling anxious, it usually happens to me at nighttime. And, and that's, that's when I know, okay, I need to slip out and do some inventory with God. And, and for me, what that looks like is everyone's asleep and I just quietly pace my living room and my kitchen. And I quietly just examine what I'm anxious about with God. I, I look at all the things that are overwhelming me and not going well. So a lot of times I repent. There's just some sin in my life or something I've been neglecting. 
And I've discovered that God likes to quietly walk with me through my rubble. You know, a couple of years ago, I was experiencing a time of just really high anxiety, um, just anxious about a number of things and wasn't sleeping well. And, and I remember one night slipping out when everyone was asleep and for about an hour and a half just quietly paced the floors and, and kind of examined and walked through my rubble with God. And, you know, about an hour and a half, two hours later, when I went back to bed that night, the rubble didn't disappear. I knew that it would still be in there, be there when I woke up in the morning. But I also had this sense that God would be involved in the rebuild with me. So here's a question for you this morning. What would it look like for you to slip out and create a quiet space to take inventory with God? To walk with him through the rubble, to assess what's broken and the things that are not going well. And then invite him to rebuild it with you. Look at these next few verses. I want to read in chapter 2, verse 16 through 18. The city officials did not know I had been out there or what I was doing. For I had not yet said anything to anyone about my plans. I had not yet spoken to the Jewish leaders, the priests, the nobles, the officials, or anyone else in the administration. But now, verse 17, but now I said to them, you know very well what trouble we are in. Jerusalem lies in ruins and its gates had been destroyed by fire. Let us rebuild the wall of Jerusalem and end this disgrace. Verse 18, then I told them about how the gracious hand of God had been on me and about my conversation with the king. They replied at once, yes, let's rebuild the wall. So they began the good work. See, friends, I believe that the gracious hand of God is upon us as we enter this new year, 2021. And as we as a church investigate what's broken in us, what's broken around us, what is in need of repair, where do we need to see God come and rebuild with us? Where are the places where we can be the hands and feet of Jesus and proclaim the good news and be a part of God's good work? See, I believe that God is with us and he's wanting to, to restore. He's wanting to redeem. He's wanting to repurpose those things that are broken. And I want to invite you to join us as we head into this new year, I want to invite you to join us in some Nehemiah nighttime activity. I want to invite you to slip out and take inventory with God, not, not just in your own life, but, but in, in our church congregation. And, and, and ask God, God, what good work and rebuilding are you inviting us into this year? As individuals and, and as a church community, guys, there is so much need. There is so much in disrepair. 
And so we, we need to come to God and say, hey, God, where do we start? This is overwhelming. The needs that are there, where, where do we start? So I want to invite you into that this year. And that will not be a one-time thing. That'll be a process that we'll do together and journey in together. So let's pray. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry and we humbly repent. For the sake of your son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways. We thank you for feeding us with the spiritual food of the most precious body and blood of your Son, our Savior Jesus Christ, and for assuring us in these holy mysteries that we are living members of the body of Christ and heirs of your eternal kingdom, and now, Father, send us out into the world to do the work you've given us to do, to love and serve you as faithful witnesses of Christ our Lord. To him, to you, and to the Holy Spirit be honor and glory now and forever. Amen. Amen. Go in peace, friends. Happy New Year. We'll see you in 2021. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Church at the Well is a community reintroducing Jesus in Vermont through worship, service, creativity, and community.